and welcome back rugby fans it's of course that time again where you get to be here with the rugby rant team for episode 97 wow gentlemen we are coming really close to that century 100 caps for the mlr team here um do we get any medals do we get any caps anything like that? i feel that? like mlr should be giving us caps here yeah yeah i mean there's got to be something where's the recognition trn come on Let's make it happen, boys. We should do Uh, something for our our regulars like Alex, you know? Right, right. And that gives me the opportunity here to be able to not only introduce us, what we do here, but of course, those that are joining us as well each and every week, fans just like you at home. So without further ado, I remind you, my name is Ty Braga, host of today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. Taking them on here today, later in the rant, and of course here for the Around the Pitch in a moment, we have Alex Carlson. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. It's good to be back. I really appreciate it, especially with today being Memorial Day. It means a lot to me. Well, well, this what? is now like the, the fourth time that you've been here. We're probably yeah. going to have to give you a nickname now. Um, <laughs> yourself as no nickname. That's how you know you've reached the honors, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and you're coming, you're coming to us from on location, are you not? I am on location and I'm in a room that gives me the heebie-jeebies. So for all those <laughs> Wisconsin uh, football fans, this is a Green Bay Acker sports room i'm coming to you from southwestern wisconsin it makes me itchy in this room everything about the colors behind me represent the evil in the world but go, um, i feel itchy I for love, you alex go yeah. pack, go <laughs> because because i love my family we are here visiting uh visiting and celebrating some graduations and there's a it's great to watch some rugby here this weekend too there's quite a few uh university of wisconsin um teams playing in ncr so we got a chance to throw that up on the on tv behind us and enjoy that so thank you. I like it. I like it. And we have brought you in here, not only to be able to talk about rugby in general, but to share just exactly as you said now, more about how people can learn about rugby and highlight some great efforts in rugby. And with that being said, it's time we jump into what we now know as Around the Pitch. And gentlemen, you know how it goes. It's time for us to be able to share what we think people should know. And that is exactly what's going on here as we started off with our rapid fire news piece with Rob Hammerschmidt. Yeah, thank you, Ty. So first Uh, of all, let me just say this. We've been celebrating a lot of the 50 cap club, and I'm sure we're going to hit that later on. But I want to talk about a rather important piece that might have been missed. It's not that highlight like the 50 cap club. It's Chad Goff from the Utah Warriors. He's played for a couple teams, including the Colorado Raptors. He is actually retiring this season. He scored a try in his last home game uh, in Harriman. Um, He's a hooker, in case you don't know or not familiar with him. Been a stalwart this year at hooker. 21 appearances and 20 points for Colorado Raptors. 12 appearances, if my statistics are correct, for the Utah Warriors. Scored three tries total, again, the first one being this past weekend. So we like to see that against L.A. He has one cap for the United States, uh, and he's a local Utah guy, and I think that's something that I wanted to recognize, a guy that you know grew up, played uh, rugby in Utah, played for you, you know, Utah Warriors. It's been outstanding to see him. And by the way, Lance Williams made it a point to say before the game, Buddy, we're going to get you a try to see you out the right way, Chad. So congratulations to Chad Goff and a tremendous MLR career. 
Um, Absolutely. That's the way you want to be able to leave the field, right? On a high, scoring a try and your final time out there. And a great uh, respect to the player, of course, Chad Goff. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara. What do you have to share? Well, I'm going uh, a little bit uh, north of the border to Rugby Canada. And uh, it was it was announced last week that uh, the French Barbarians are pulling out of their match with uh, Rugby Canada. That was slated for July 10th. That was their tune-up match. Well, their start of their international window. Um, you know, for for Rugby Canada, we know they haven't they didn't qualify for Rugby World Cup uh, next year, so they were still playing a full complement of international matches. Um, the Barbarian side of contractual obligations is the reason the reason for withdrawal. I think this is the second time um, in two years that Canada a uh, match has fallen through for Canada, but I believe the first time it was um, COVID related. And I can't remember the team, but they already found a replacement. Fifteen ranked Spain, uh, which is about six spots above Canada, I think right now. Um, coming in to play that match July 10th, uh, two teams that aren't in the Rugby World Cup right now. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Spain later on when it swings back around to me. Right. I'm glad you kind of left that little teaser out there because there's a little bit of controversy surrounding Spain, which we're going to have to circle back around to with Scott in a moment. But before then, let's go ahead with Alex. So as Rob, you know, Rob mentioned earlier, 50 caps, more and more are hitting this this news, this big milestone in the MLR. Three of them, if my memory is correct, hit it this week. One is the captain, everybody's favorite, especially the Hammers, Cam Dolan from NOLA, got 50. There's nobody, in my opinion, and I'm not a, I'm not a NOLA fan, but I appreciate good rugby and I appreciate good ambassadors for the game. And, uh, and, and NOLA usually has Old Glory's number as of late, but there's nobody, there's nobody greater to see hit that 50, 50 cap mark, then Cam, Do- Cam Dolan. You also have Nathan Silva, who got it from Utah this week, and then former OGDC player Jake Turnbull from Austin got his 50th cap. So what a great week for rugby. It's showing that that this experiment, experiment called MLR is working. It's showing that people are wanting to stay here and grow the game. And so hats off to Cam, Nathan, and Jake for hitting their 50th caps. Yeah, you know, it's phenomenal to be able to see more and more people hit those milestones because, as you said, the league is maturing year after year. Rob, I could see you were jumping, to, uh, wanting to jump in. Well, I'm going to jump in first. So real quick, <laughs> congratulations to Dylan the Butcher yeah. Fawcett, my boy Butch. Uh, he, hit, he, he had already hit the 50th MLR cap a couple weeks ago, but he hit 50 with just Rooney. Congratulations. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, credit where credit's due. Not only are these guys getting 50, but 50 at one club. <laughs> One team, you know, that's that's the legacy Rob. there that everybody will know. Rob, apparently, this just in. Rob does not know how to use the mute button. <laughs> only only a hundred episodes in, and he's still running yeah. around. I, I changed my I changed my setup, and I'm all thrown off my game. But I wanted to ask ask Alex, and this is a serious question. Obviously, as a veteran yourself, um, we we applaud, and you had spoken earlier, or written earlier on social media about some of the organizations, the veterans organizations that teams were giving their charity auction money to from the jerseys that were uh, on this weekend. I got to ask you, what was your favorite military appreciation jersey from the weekend? Oh, Alex is He's on mute too. <laughs> is this going to be no, a trend this show, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, that's it. And I see now I'm in that category. I apologize. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stay off mute this time. And uh, no, there's only one right answer. Uh, and that's the Old Glory DC jersey. Uh, I've got to stick with the hometown crowd. I like the fact that they switched it up last year. It was kind of a grayish white. 
uh, pixelated, you know, uh, cam mm -hmm. camouflage jersey. I like the blue and the kind of bluish gray. Um, but, so, uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that it, having having served in the military, that the fact that it's such a priority um, in the sport to, to take that time across the league, right? It's a, it's a unified effort. So all of those, all those clubs recognizing that this weekend to me shows that that's, that's a priority and everybody appreciate those freedoms right. that we have for those that couldn't, couldn't be here today to celebrate with us. And so um, I, 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 I'm biased, uh, admittedly biased, but I think old glory DC's jerseys were the sharpest this year two years in a row. I mean, We're going to allow you to be biased on this one. Yeah, uh, I got to go with bring it. Up, you know, such an important point that, you know, rugby naturally uh, fosters respect um, and it goes in every direction. And, you know, being able to do something small, like, uh, you know, changing the kit, the jersey to be able with a powerful message is great, you know, and I hope it's a tradition that sticks around for a very long time. Um, and I'd love to be able to hear that the clubs are using that to be able to give back as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for highlighting that, Rob and Alex. One of the other things I wanted to be able to highlight is USA Rugby, but in particular, the women's game and how it continues to evolve. World Rugby doing their part now, recently announcing that the entire team of referees that would be chosen to represent the 2021 Rugby World Cup, of course, taking place in New Zealand a year later uh, through the impact of COVID. Every single referee will be, of course, female and that means that they are highlighting not only the game itself but the development of the officiating and all of those that are participating um, in helping to put that on and our own Kat Roach um, who of course has recently seen opportunities internationally with the Six Nations and uh, locally here as well um, deserved honor she has been chosen as one of those representing uh, as a referee at the Rugby World Cup so it's a really great honor to be able to see somebody reaching the highest levels of the game possible and helping it to be able to take another step forward globally as women's rugby rightfully is doing so. So let's hand it over next to Rob. What else do you have to share with us? Yeah, hopefully my mic is working now. Um, got that clarified. We're good. Yep. We can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm not going to turn it off for the rest of the night. Um, so I, I wanted to highlight uh, TRN. And we talk about it every once in a while, but I think on social media, it gets a pretty bad rap because some of the production quality is blamed on TRN and it's not necessarily always their fault. In fact, rarely is it their fault. It's mostly on the production end of the respective teams. Nevertheless, I want to throw a shout out and kudos to them. Their, their expansive coverage of rugby over the course of the last year has been awesome. And I'm talking about things like Japanese League One. We've mentioned that before. We, of course, had this weekend the CRC Sevens. Saw so, uh, the uh, Linenwood women's repeat in a victory over life, 19-7. Saw Kutztown, a new national championship uh, for the CRCs, uh, defeated Dartmouth 17-12. to um, And then we have the 2022 high school state championships from a couple of states, one of the big ones that's coming up here is Ohio. And then, of course, I want to highlight for those north of the border, Coast to Coast Cup in Canada. That's coming up. So for people that want to watch some uh, up-and-comers, uh, check out the Coast to Coast Cup. You have Canada West Selects versus the Arrows Senior Academy, and then the Atlantic Selects the following week uh, against the Canadian West Selects. So um, pay attention to that. It's going to be good stuff, and, and you might see some emerging players for Canada um, come out of some of those teams. Yeah, I love that. You know, how they're embracing all different levels of the game, you know, and we'll soon see the high school rugby even being broadcast, 
you know, college continuing to be able to expand. Um, and talking about college rugby, I want to send a shout out to um, what Dan Power recently called on the CBS broadcast as the United Nations, sorry, the United States of Iowa rugby. That's right. With three schools being represented, uh, you and I. Uh, University of Iowa and Iowa State University. Paul Emmerich, of course, uh, with you and I, uh, who is a, a friend of the show and uh, continues to be coaching in Colorado with the American Raptors. Happy to be able to see his former side of you and I doing well. And, you know, in both sides, men's and women's continuing to grow. So that is great to be able to see because, you know, TRN is giving an opportunity for these players to be noticed. And what we have always had before, and Rob, I know you mentioned this before and it's worth helping other people understand why it's important. The more rugby we get to be able to view, the more likely we are to spot talent. So it's great to be able to see it showing on TRN. Great highlight. Wonderful shout out there. And continuing to be able to uh, send shout outs to TRN. You can see us every single week at on TRN here in our happy home on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Thank you for watching and thank you, TRN. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara one more time. So I kind of tease Spain news um, besides being going into the match against Canada on July uh, 10th in Ottawa. Um, Spain have officially appealed the decision that um, for them being disqualified for the 2023, uh, 2023 World Cup, excuse me. Um, you know, they were found to have an ineligible player. Um, their submission kind of points out there's discrepancies between enforcement and um, some of the, the, the punishment that gets doled out. Um, and, and just eligibility laws in general are kind of crazy. I mean, and they, you know, they cited Ireland and Scotland and a few other the UK teams who have guys who might or might not be eligible. I mean, you know, we don't know the inner workings of what somebody's eligible is. But they also, you know, one of the things that a lot of fans were bringing up was, you know, Tonga released their squad for the um, the uh, Pacific Nations Cup and like Israel Falau's on it and Augustine Pulu's on it and. But what I think fans have to realize is they change the eligibility, eligibility, excuse me, for players who come from the Pacific Islands, and they can go back and play for those teams, and then they have to wait out five years before they can go and play. Right, because it's about the heritage, yeah. the origin. You exactly. Know? So I think it's a little different than maybe calling out. Um, you know, that, that was fans calling out, not necessarily right. Uh, Spain. But in you know Spain using you know Ireland and Scotland obviously they had specific. Is that Spain just pointing fingers somewhere else? But like, I, like I what mean, about what about them? I mean, it's it's to me it's that's it's you know it's one of those things. Hey, you got caught. It was it was when they looked through it. He was not eligible yet. You used him, I think, in three or four matches or two or three matches, and you got caught. Unfortunately, so you know it's. I think it's a little bit of both. You're right. You're right. And, you know, it's interesting to be able to see, but while Spain fall out, it does offer an opportunity for another country to be able to take that opportunity to make it to the Rugby World Cup. So uh, let's dive into the next one with Alex Carlson. You're up. Yeah. So um, yesterday, tough for a lot of fans, at least in, in, in my neck of the woods, uh, being in Virginia and the, the DC area, but what a shootout between Rooney and Old Glory DC. New records been broken. Uh, I think that's back-to-back weekends, if my if my memory's correct. But Rooney, Rooney beats Old Glory DC 59 to 49. And I was telling 
the big guy a little bit earlier. I was like, I, I, I mean, I, I, you didn't know when it was going to end. I mean, I just no. thought it was just like, it was going to be like 60 and 70 and eight, like 80 to 60 in a rugby like a, match. Like a Stevens match. If it was actually 40 minutes. <laughs> right. You know, and, and like, it just kept going. And then, and, and it's the end of the season. So, you know, all these fans are coming out there and people are texting me because I'm obviously out of town and they're like, this is insane right now. And for the people that got to go experience that for their first match, they're like, they were exhausted by the end of it, you know, and right. we've been working on some chance and, and, and getting some new fans out there. So yeah, 59 to 49, 108 uh, points. Uh, Scott, Scott, I mentioned earlier when we were discussing that old glory scored 92 points. The Sally has just kind of come up short the past two weeks. And uh, that's the current highest scoring game in MLR. We'll have to see what next week holds in store, but Holy cow. Like what, of what well, a you battle. Got your money's worth as a fan at the stadium. That's although right. it wasn't in the favor of OGDC. I think it's without a doubt one of the more exciting matches when you just think about the gameplay and how much action there really was. Now that they've got all the that back line kind of set, those those boys are coming out firing. Uh William Teletaina right. had a phenomenal match yesterday, and they're kind of all sinking. So Hopefully, Coach Osborne will get those boys kind of squared away. Those that will right. go play some extra rugby in the off season. Never really an off season. You're either in season, right, or you're or you're in like preseason, right. So those those guys, um, I, I think I think that back line, if they can stay together, they're going to be really really dangerous. Awesome. I'm glad you gave a shout out and credit to uh, Nate Osborne coming in the middle uh, of a season to be able to pick up where Douglas left off is is tough. Um, And, you know, he's made some quick changes and the team is starting to find some rhythm. So let me dive into the last, but certainly not least, PCO staying on the theme of USA women's rugby. And we like to be able to highlight big moments that allow rugby to be able to take a step forward. Another one has been achieved, I believe, recently with the USA Rugby Pathways now identifying an all-star squad for the under-23 category, the under-23 age group. It is, as we all know, one of the most critical in development of rugby. Those are the players that will continue to be able to meet higher levels and help the USA take a step forward. Now, the reason I bring that up is that they're going to be pairing up with the WPL, uh, the Women's Premier League, for the 2022 National Championships. They will be conducting their own competition um, with the U23's development side. that will take place in two regional contests, finishing in a final on June 25th and 26th alongside the WPL National Championships, which you as a fan at home can tune in to be able to watch on Flow Rugby. And of course, uh, Flow Rugby is the home for all USA rugby, at least for now, uh, because we all have gripes about that. (laughs) But that's another conversation and debate for another day. But thank you all for tuning in for the uh, Around the Pitch. And we'll be back in just a few moments, not before we hear from one of our sponsors. With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the post social, ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. 
they can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, Arrow will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use Rant15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters, dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. And welcome back, rugby fans. It's time to be able to put our guests to the test in our familiar rugby debate episode. And that's where these guys get to do what we do best here on the show, and that's rant. But before then, let me tell you what we're going to be talking about here today. The hot topic as we draw ever closer to the end of the regular season of season five of Major League Rugby. With only one match remaining for the predominant teams that are left. Only one team is currently at 16 and that's San Diego because of course their bye week is actually the final week of uh, or the final round of MLR I should say. So they're already done uh, but the rest there's still a lot to play for. So between myself and the gang here we're going to talk about who we believe are going to be those teams making it through to the postseason and eventually onto the conference final. We're going to hear from Rob, Scott, and of course, Alex, what their opinion will be on the top three. And I want to remind you, why is the three positions most important? Well, here it comes. The postseason is set up slightly different this year because there's an imbalance in the teams. So for the first time, we're now going to be able to see a playoff opportunity to make that conference final with positions two and three on the East and the West competing for that spot to play against the number one seed in each conference. Right now, the way it looks by the standings that on the East, we can see that the Free Jacks are sitting right up on top. Will they continue to stay there? Statistics would suggest yes. However, on the West, we have LA who are hanging on quite closely and followed very hotly by the next line with AGs behind them. Will they have enough to be able to be that number one seed? We'll find out in this coming week. But without any further ado, I'm just going to hand it over to the rest of the team here to tell us what they think about it. And I'm going to start this round off with Alex Carlson. Whew. No pressure. First off, I, I wanted to start out with, I don't think anybody's a pushover in this league. And I love the fact that like, if you're an MLR fan, I love watching rugby. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's super rugby or if it's premiership, but if you're not excited about this year for MLR, you haven't been paying attention. Like every match matters and it sounds cheesy and cliche, Right. And we talk about it because we were so used to a lot of these American sports where you have 160 plus games in baseball and you're like, ah, the pre, you know, the, the beginning part of the season doesn't matter. Right. April doesn't matter much. Well, here in the MLR, it does. And I think that it's great. Like New England Free Jacks have, have upped their game. But I, I'm Rooney that we talked already about Old Glory DC and Rooney this weekend. Rooney's defense concerns me a little bit with the amount of points that they let 
Old Glory put up on there. And so I think Atlanta's sitting in pretty good position this week to kind of hold on to that two spot. And uh, and Austin, the AGs have been impressing me. The more and more the year go, the more and more as the season's gone on. And I think they they're it's going to be a gilly a gilly challenge somewhere for this weekend big time. And and I would I wouldn't I wouldn't blink your eyes too much because I think Austin's going to pop into that number one spot heading into the playoffs. I like it. I like it. And let's quickly recap what you were saying there. So you think that Free Jack certainly, obviously, we now know that they're going to be the number one in the in the East and holding that spot. But com- but you think that it's going to be Atlanta uh, in second, um, and then possibly New York that'll be joining them in that conference final. It's kind of like exactly as it is in the standings. But on the other side in the West, you think that LA and AGs will certainly be uh, the ones to 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 beat there. Uh, Sabercats are right now in third position. Um, so let's hear what, what the rest of the gang here thinks about that West and East side. Let's hand it over to Scott, the big guy Ferrari to hear what he thinks. Let's get hot, baby. So we're going to start off with, uh, the West coast. Um, I think looking at the schedules here, we have, um, we have LA playing a, a hard Seawolves team, a Seawolves team who beat Houston, uh, last week and Houston's gaining those two bonus points, uh, by scoring the four tries and keeping it tight put them into the playoffs, knocking out San Diego's chances. Um, you know, and then you're looking at Austin playing a Houston team. Again, a Houston team who just made the playoffs, uh, a Houston team who's looking to win the cup against the AGs in a Vivia stadium. You know, I think you're going to be hard pressed to say, um, you know, it's, you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to find a tough game here with AGs in Houston. Um, I think this is going to remain the same. Uh, I think Giltini's going to five point uh, bonus point win. I think, uh, Austin and Houston play a slobber knocker, but I think it's going to be high scoring. I think Austin edges them out um, and they get a bonus point win. And then that just kind of sets up your regular one, two, three uh, here in the Western conference. Let's go to the Eastern conference real quick. Obviously like we talked about free Jacks have it locked up. It comes down to uh, New York uh, who's going to be, um, excuse me, uh, New York playing the free Jacks. So the free Jacks really, um, you know, I'm sure their roster is going to be a little bit light. They want to, give their guys two weeks worth of rest here. Um, and then you have an ATL team playing a NOLA team who just got really stomped last week um, against the free Jacks, you know, so I don't know if NOLA can really play the spoiler. I think we're stuck with a, a one, two, three. Um, just like, I, I think just like at the West coast here, that's going to be, you know, the way it is. So you'll have uh, AT visiting, uh, excuse me, uh, rugby, New York visiting ATL in two weeks. You'll have Houston visiting Austin uh, in two weeks. And I wonder if they're going to use that as part of the, uh, the Texas Cup or whatever their cup is called. I forgot what the Shinerbach Cup or whatever. Um, that fourth match should be, should really decide it, to be honest. It's a playoff match, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I mean, so for you, just to be able to recap, you think that it's pretty much going to stay the way that it is right now on the standings. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be much movement. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe LA plays, you know, uh, um, plays a, a match where they they kind of, I wouldn't say, roll out a second tier roster, but maybe they'll, they'll rest key guys. But right. in my opinion, I think having that extra week of rest is deserving of going out there and playing a really good match against Seattle. So I don't know. I think you have to kind of weigh the, the balance there. It's home in the Coliseum. Um, so, you know, because you have your guys home and you're not traveling, maybe you just throw all guns in there and let it, let it ride. All right. I like it. Let it ride. That's that. Isn't that the, the, uh, the, uh, the free Jacks motto though? 
<laughs> that's like let's ride on a woogie, whatever a woogie is. Notice, <laughs> woogie. let's not woogie. let's not get into that. That's conveniently kind of... absent. Woogie conveniently absent from social media. I feel like this season. Just, just rub yeah, that yeah, in. There. No, that's that's definitely when they. He's hiding out, in the woods. <laughs> you can't find yeah. him. He's he's MIA like the Sasquatch. Him. You know, they got together. They're having a bonfire and singing Kumbaya, and he couldn't be bothered by coming to the match. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to hear what he thinks. Thanks. I'm going to start in the East. Uh, Free Jacks have obviously locked up the number one seed. I think they're going to come out and play a pretty good roster only because you don't want to have two weeks off for some of your starters. I, I, I disagree with Scott in that regard uh, in that I think that w- you want to play a good match prior to that week off that they're going to get in the playoffs. And I think that leaves ATL and Rooney to play each other in um, the playoff of the semifinal. ATL have 84 points on the differential advantage. And I think ATL has an advantage being at home down there in the snake pit. Um, So, and and Rooney really hasn't shown that they have played an awful lot of defense, uh, at least this last week. So I think ATL has the advantage and I think ATL is going to advance to the semifinals against free Jacks on the other side um, my question then, there's two big ones for me, which AG's team is going to show up, right? They've had out of the last three, three weeks, they've had two stinkers. Uh, they lost 22 to eight against Utah and lost uh, 10 to eight against LA. So um, now they beat San Diego 44 to 28. So which AG team are we going to see? You know, we've talked about defense, but it's been pretty clear that their defense, I mean, they've given up a considerable amount of points. I mean, you're talking about 40, 50, 60 points over the last three weeks. So that's pretty significant. Nevertheless, I think it's going to be the AGs versus Houston. Uh, Will the AGs be able to put a third match on Houston? That's always tough to do win for a third time, but I think they're going to do it. They're going to play LA in the semifinal. So it seems as we made our way around the table that everybody agrees that the standings as they are right now is pretty much the format that it might very well stay. Um, it's got to be consistent, right? I mean, the competition that they, 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 they're now about to play, they've already played. There's some, you know, some results to be able to build on. Uh, I hope that, you know, I wanted, I'm glad you brought it up, Rob, a moment ago about the AGs, um, what team might rock up and at least where they stand right now, you know, last season, they just missed out on these playoff opportunities. So they're better off from where they are. They're sitting in a pretty good position, But, you know, this, is, this isn't the, the full story, right? This is just one stepping stone onto that MLR championship. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to be able to see what team they field for the next game. Likewise for LA, for these teams that are sitting a little bit uh, uh, higher up, what will it mean? You know, will they sacrifice a couple of their key players in this next lineup um, in hopes of that they're going to be going on to, to later rounds? What do you guys think? I want to just touch upon one thing before we move forward. And that is uh, remember how Houston finished this match. They lost it, but they won it on the last, uh, you know, uh, second or, you know, in, in the the points. Yeah. um, By Robbie Povey, we had on the show, he kicked and and put him within seven and therefore scored the extra bonus point locked out San Diego. So I think they're riding on a high and I think they're a dangerous team, by the way, going against the AGs. AGs need to be on point on this, uh, this next, uh, you're right. And like you said, it's tough to be able to do it three times against the team. And, you know, this is kind of like, you know, a, a Texas rivalry that's that's really, really great. You know, a game like this will help cement that rivalry uh, as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, to be able to see. And this is exactly what fans wanted as we get closer towards the end of the regular season. It's exactly what we hoped for. Uh, I think we can 
all agree here um, that the mix-up in in the East uh, uh, between second and third is the most interesting as both ATL um, and, uh, who is it, uh, New York sit on 52 points. So, um, you know, it's 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 going to be those two uh, uh, that come out there. Uh, yeah, so let's let's go ahead and, and figure out, though, the final thing that I wanted to be able to note is who do you think is going to be in the conference final, though? We know who's going to be making it through. I want to be able to get a, a call from both of you, from all of you, as we go once around again in the East and uh, the West. I'll ask you first, Rob, as we ended with you, who's going to be in that conference final? Oh, I, I you know, my I'm going to tip the nod to the AGs um, simply because okay. uh, L.A., while experienced, have a bit of uh, they've been a bit banged up. They've got guys coming back from injury. They've got right. a little bit older roster. You're saying they just might so, not have the legs. So they might not have the legs. Um, you know, the, the the week off, if they if they get it, will play to their advantage, obviously. Uh, but uh, the AGs are tough. Um, and uh, like I said, uh, it was uh, a close one the last time they played 10 to 8. So, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the AGs just for the hell of it. Okay, so you think it's going to be LA versus AGs in that conference final, but you're giving the uh, uh, the nod, nod to, to the AGs. AGs. And I'm going with the Free Jacks. Free Jacks, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean they've, they've been riding high on, on the top for a long time. They've been solid. They've been consistent. I think it's a safe bet. Let's yeah. go ahead with Scott. What's your thoughts? Well, um, I'm looking at uh, looking at the West Conference, Western Conference. Um, I think, uh, you know, Rob was talking about Houston, you know, having all that energy. I think you kind of have an energy dump sometimes, and this might be a letdown game for Houston if they're not careful. Um, so I do, but like I said before, I think it's a high-scoring game. I think Austin uh, beats Houston, and then it's a it's a Gilchrist Cup uh, match for one and two. Um, we, I mean, right now the point differential lands at Austin uh, two thirty-one, LA one sixty-eight. I mean, Austin have a has an awful lot of firepower, and so does LA. I think it's high-scoring. Um, it would be home in LA. Um, I don't know. You it's, think it's favoring LA though. I don't know if I'm necessarily favoring LA. You know, they've they've come on at the right time. Um, it's tough. I I think it if if it's going to be a margin, it's going to be slight LA. I think it's it's LA at the death. Um, you know, kicking a penalty that's going to just slice in there. Um, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, Rob was talking about. You know, he's unsure about Rooney. Um, prior to that, you know, uh, ATL beat Rooney thirty-eight to three in Hoboken. Honestly, that match, it was 110 degrees, you know, just like the OGs match the day before. And honestly, I just don't think New York was ready for that kind of weather because we didn't have it all season. So you're going you're going from playing in, in practicing in 70 degree weather to then trying to play in 110 degree weather and, and then have exactly th- and also also have three tries taken back. One of which was the first try that Ed Fidel scored, which we saw via TRN uh, in multiple clips, shouldn't have been called back. So that was just kind of a weird match. Prior to that, um, you have a New York win. 36-31. Prior to that, goes back to the semifinal where ATL won at the death. I think it was like uh, seven to twelve um, with no time left. You know, and prior to that, it was also tight get matches against ATL. So I really don't know um, which. You know, it's it's about which team shows up and play two complete halves, and then they go on to a free jacks team where New York has had, I believe, has had more success against the free jacks, even though they don't show it in wins. The point differentials have been tighter than ATL. So it, again, it's it's who shows up in all three of those matches. Um, definitely right now, the way the free Jacks are playing, they would, they would come out on top, I would think. Um, but you never know. Honestly, I think the Eastern conference is way tighter in my opinion than the Western conference. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the East is, uh, certainly a, a more entertaining, um, 
variables there. So yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to be able to see. There's only one more round left as it is coming up to this weekend, which is pretty much by the time this airs, we'll, we'll be in that final round uh, and we'll be discussing it. I'm sure who will be our picks for the final, the championship coming up later as well, but not before we hand it over to Alex for your final thoughts. Who's going to be in the West and the East to be able to take the top honors in their conference. So, you know, it's, it's hard to, with all these, the teams that are currently top three in, in, in the East and the West, it's hard to argue, you know, how they've gotten there. One right. of my notes earlier was with, with New England, you know, I, I don't think that many people saw New England coming like they did this year, but I mm-hmm. would give a shout out to their fans because everybody I know that goes to those games and been watching that team, that's boots on the ground, close, close to New England Free Jacks, believed them and they believe them from, from day one. So I think that um, I think that it winds up being in the East, the free Jacks and rugby ATL. Um, I think one of the benefits, and you were mentioning how tight the East is, is that uh, Atlanta has been there before, right? They, they fell a little short last year, but they've been there before. They've got a great coaching staff and like in a time of crisis where most organizations, whether it's a sports club or a business would crumble with a big transition like that. They persevered and they've kept it, kept it going. So um, hats off them. So I think in the East it's new England and it's uh, ATL in the West. Like I said, I'm on the AG train. I, I think that their attack and their defense is the best overall in MLR from my point of view, which means nothing. Cause I don't even have a nickname yet. We already talked about that. Right. But the <laughs> same, same thing with rugby ATL, the, the, you know, LA has been there before. So, like they're just kind of sneaky, like a boa constrictor just hanging around there, right? And you don't know if they're going to blow you out or if they're, like you've all mentioned, if they're going to show up. But I think Austin, you know, I think Austin and L.A. move forward. And and then I guess maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. That's for another another episode. But I think New England and Atlanta in the east, I think Austin and L.A. in the west. All right. Do you want to go one step farther and say who you think is going to win that final uh, in the conference from each side? Uh, we'll start with the East with New New, uh, New England and of course uh, ATL was your prediction. I, I yeah I, I do I think I think it winds up being I think it winds up being New England and it winds up being the AGs going into the final and I'll keep I'll I'll keep my magic eight ball um, my my magic eight ball guess till later on maybe the next All show right. that, keeps, that keeps everything that keeps the carrot out there in case everybody votes me back on this show. <laughs> I didn't know we have a voting system, but <laughs> apparently vote Alex. Yeah, vote Alex. Right? <laughs> We're going to ask the fans at home, what should his nickname be? Let's see what happens. There you uh, go. <laughs> watch social media, right? Yeah. Talking about that again, it has been a blast. Thank you for continuing to be able to support us uh, by watching us on our home at TRN. You can also continue to follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, not only there, but also at our new home at patreon.com. For your support, a few bucks each month certainly helps us to keep doing what we do here on the Rugby Rant week after week, which is to be able to help rugby grow one fan at a time. And Alex, you certainly have been a firm part of that here. You are a great ambassador, not only for the sport, but of course, uh, you know, all the service and in memory of those today, we're glad that we could have you here. Of course, you're so tightly connected to the Memorial Day theme and obviously all the service for you and the people that you know. Thank you very much. Uh, Did you have any shout out that you might want to be able to send to fans who might be watching us here on TRN? 
Yes, I do. And um, as, as mentioned before, this is my sincerest. I mean, to, to get invited to be a military service member, um, I spent 26 years of my life in uniform for this country. And uh, I got to go camping and hang out with my friends. And I really, I really enjoyed th those 26 years. And today for me, you, you see the shirt I wear. Those of you who have known of us and have got a chance to tell our story, um, I, I, I'm the main cat herder for Old Breed Rugby, and so we had a, a couple. We had a couple coaches representing down in uh, NOLA at NCR at Babson at the Citadel. Um, there's countless men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice for this country, and um, you know, as Rob mentioned earlier with the jerseys, you know, the like I, I got very teary eyed today listening to taps and thinking about how much emotion was in those locker rooms. And as people gave those speeches about players and teammates and what it means, you have, you have tons of military service throughout this league. You have players like Dakota Worth and Doc Irie down in NOLA. So, and, and then you have a couple, a few team managers in San Diego. And at, once again, at Old Glory DC, that are military veterans. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all of those who couldn't be here today, their families, their survivors. I appreciate all the veterans that are out here listening to this podcast and are trying to make rugby grow in the United States through their base programs and through some of these veterans groups. And once again, to you guys for being great ambassadors and giving me, you know, a chance to come on here and, and share my love of the sport and also my love of the military community. Love it. Very good and powerful experiences being had by everybody in rugby and celebrating it here. Thank you for joining us uh, and wonderful words to share. Once again, rugby fans, you have been watching another great episode here with your Rugby Rant podcast team for episode 97. Again, you can catch us on patreon.com under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod to be able to get additional content that will also include another special rant. This time, talking about the controversy surrounding the red card awarded by Derek Somers in the Utah matchup. An interesting call after the final whistle. What do you think? Find us on patreon.com and you can tell us what you think about what we think. But again, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. It has been a blast. You are, of course, a pleasure to be able to have. And I'm sure sooner or later, we'll find a nickname for you. Number five. <laughs> Sarge. It's Sarge. Sarge. I like it. That works. That works. We're voting for that. Again, once again, let's go ahead and thank all of our partners who help us do what we do. So we'll be back in just a few moments once we hear from one of them. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or a dark bale-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try.
And here we are, rugby fans, again, time for another run, pass, or kick interview with your team, of course, here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. But more importantly, we have to be able to introduce the man of the moment. That, of course, is from the L.A. Guiltinis, but a much deeper history in rugby than that. We're going to dive into it with, of course, Charlie Abel. Charlie, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's going to be a blast. Join it. Yeah, you know, we're, we're excited because I think it's been quite some time since we've had anybody from the Giltinis, not since Nick Boyer, who actually ended up playing for, yeah. for, for the oh, youth. Yeah. And we're like, well, that, that, do we count that as a Giltinis interview? <laughs> you guys oh, are in man. Hawaii then still, so. <laughs> if, he, if he counts it, you can count it. All right, if he counts <laughs> it, we count it. Okay, that's a good answer. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, you, you've seen what we do. We're going to make sure that everybody else knows what we do here. So to be able to run you through the run, parcel kick interviews, it's best I hand you over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. And again, welcome, Charlie. It is always a pleasure to have somebody of your caliber join our show for the Run, Pass, or Kick interview. For folks at home that have never seen this type of interview style, it works like this. We're going to fire some questions at Charlie, and we're going to prompt each question with Run, Pass, or Kick. And of course, just like any good rugby player, he's going to have to use his skills to navigate the game, as, as we say. So he'll tell us what he's going to do. If he wants to run with a question, it means he's going to run it straight on the front foot and go forward. And of course we know that props like, especially Charlie likes to do a bit of that, but he also has some other options. He can pass a question or let us know if he's going to do that. And that simply means that perhaps he doesn't want to get in trouble with uh, coach Hoyles. Um, and he's going to let that one go and pass on it. We'll move forward to the next question or Charlie can have a lot of fun with us. And I think he's a pretty fun guy. He likes to have a good time, and he likes to put a little heat and pressure on his opposition. So I'm pretty sure that he'll maybe choose to kick a question to us. And all that means is that we're going to answer in a way that we think Charlie would answer. And he can direct his kick to either Ty or myself or have a little fun with us even more so by making us feel the kick based upon whoever asked the question will have to answer it. So, Charlie, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? Ready. As ready as I'm going to be, I guess. Hey, rugby fans. Once again, thank you for tuning in and watching us here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. As a friendly reminder, what we do here can certainly not be done week after week without the help of some great partners, one of which deserves a highlight here with Shop MLR, now powered by RugbyNow.com. They are certainly the leaders when it comes to everything Major League Rugby related for you as the fan. So make sure you go and check them out today at shopmlr.com. And their deliveries may ship the very same day. And you could have your kit ready for the next game day. Love that confidence. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Way back in October of 2021, you posted a video and it looked like you were somewhere in Utah, if I'm not mistaken. And you were doing a bit of preseason scrum workout by yourself on a playground of all places. The video and what I love about it is you emphasize 
that a true student of the game can find a way to get work in regardless of circumstances. Clearly you're trying to double it, double dip there. You're watching yeah. the dog, you're watching the kids and you're getting some scrum work in. So here's my question. Run past your kick. Is your daughter Rekura yeah. getting work in as a second row or a proctologist? <laughs> I'm going to run with it. I hope she's getting work in. If, if if my daughter decides that she wants to play rugby too, I'd love for her to be maybe a back rower, seven or something. That's that's <laughs> that's the money right there. If she wants to be a prop, oh, I hope not. Her ears will get destroyed. So maybe no, no. <laughs> she if she loves rugby, I hope she does, and I hope she, I can teach her one or two things maybe. Right, so, but yeah. I'm sure you're going to be able to teach her a saying? few things about the game of rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, that maybe is, we'll see her in 2033 here in the United States when the World right, Cup, Women's World World Cup. Cup. <laughs> Oh, mate. I hope so. You're <laughs> that next generation now, right? We love that's to right. be able to see that. That's where it all starts, yeah. right? Well, definitely. It's going to be an epic World Cup. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, on the note of family, we're going to stay there just for a second longer. Yep. And it gives me that opportunity to jump into the next question, perfectly lined up. Now, before I do that, I want folks at home who are watching and they go, well, what's this Charlie guy about, right? He's got the Gilpini's <laughs> gear, but is that it? No, it's certainly not. So let's dive into some of your rich rugby history. So going back to your time in Australia, New South Wales, Country Eagles is where you kind of begin your journey to professional yep. rugby. Uh, then you go on to uh, Gordon, Sydney. Um, actually, I stand corrected. We went through this before. You actually went overseas first to play rugby in France at CS yeah. uh, Bonn. Am I saying that yeah. correctly? Yeah, yeah, Bonn. Bonn, okay. I, I was close. It's like, ah, five out of ten, Ty. He's being yeah, polite. pretty good. I butchered it, but he's, <laughs> but he's a good guy. Um, so then you go back to Australia, as I said, with a shoot shield, uh, great credits there. Onto higher honours, Super Rugby comes calling, right? You have the yep. New South Wales Waratahs, later then with the Melbourne Rebels. Then you come across to the U.S., where you find yeah. yourself at a happy home with the L.A. Giltinis. So yeah. here it's clearly obvious that rugby is a part of your life, but it goes deeper than that. It's a part of your family's life, right? It's kind of just how you yeah. grew up around rugby. And uh, you come from a rugby family, very obvious. Run, pass, yeah. or kick. Your father even served as the team manager, I believe, for the ACT Brumbies when we did our research. Um, yeah. And you have two brothers, Robbie and Jake, are playing professionally in Australia as well. With such strong rugby roots tied up in Australia, was it hard for you to continue uh, playing your rugby here in the United States? Um, can you tell us what you think there? Run, pass, or kick? I mean, was it difficult, that transition and being here in the U.S.? I'm going to run. I might run a lot of these. I like having a good run. But, um, no, it definitely wasn't like uh, – uh, since the beginning of MLR, I always found an interest in it. And, like, I thought, man, if there's any place that's going to be very cool to play, it would be in the States. And, obviously, when LA came about, the, the opportunity came, and I, I definitely thought, yeah, this is this is a bit of me. Um, but, I mean, as, as it's turned out, I, I came over last year, and now my brother this year is coaching at Utah. So And my cousin is this... Uh, plays for Utah as well. So 
It, so the whole family's moving yeah. here to the U.S. is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, Forget Australia. Okay. This is yeah. where it's happening. <laughs> Give it time. Maybe we'll just be American soon enough. No, it's, I, I like it. You know, we've already got your daughter difficult. planned for the uh, 2033 Women's yeah. Rugby World Cup here. You got your brother. You got your family. I mean, you got it all sorted, man. But I got to follow up over here for you very quickly. Um, how great was it to play against your brother Robbie's team, though? Because you mentioned this just a moment ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, how does that feel? Like, is there a little bit of rivalry? Did you have a little bit oh, of a jab at each other? Yeah, massive, massive rivalry. Um, Good. The Obviously, we played them at the start of the year earlier and we lost, which was uh, devastating for me personally. <laughs> as, a team, uh, as a team, it was hard to take, but for me personally. Yeah, uh, yeah. on a whole new level, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was rough. But the, the night before our game, I went and had dinner with my brother and dinner with my cousin. And there was a lot of back and forth banter going before the game and then a lot after the game, during the game. So, yeah, it was it was definitely – we're definitely very competitive in my family, especially when it comes to rugby. And, and if I'm not mistaken, your mom was at the game and you scored a try. So that was actually yeah, icing yeah, yeah. on the cake, so to speak, right? Yeah. Uh, my mom did come over. Uh, I will make this comment, though. My mom – I've been here for like a year and a half now. And my mom only decided to come over when my other brother moved over. So <laughs> it's a bit, What's up, Mom? It's a bit hurtful. She tries to tell yeah. me she doesn't have favorites, but I think she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll make sure we tag her with this video. So she's yeah, yeah, reminded her. of the fact. It's, that... it's definitely a favorite something going on. That's funny. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we've got the win, so that's all that matters now. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely, hundred percent, and and you're certainly adding to your CV, of course. With uh, and we'll get into it a little bit later with the MLR Shield now, and now that LA has actually qualified and and locked in uh, their playoff spot, here's another opportunity to add to your accolades of your career. But I want to get into that career a little bit. Uh, you've had the opportunity to learn from guys that have played the position at a high level. I did a bit of research and found out, you know, just a few of those individuals, two mentors of significance. We, of course, know of former England and Lions prop Alex Corbusiero, uh, who is well known in rugby circles here in the United States and former Wallaby Cam Blades, uh, two guys that played the prop uh, position at high level. So run past your kick. How have these two legends impacted your understanding of the position? Give potential props out there a little bit of knowledge and insight. Yeah, I have to, I have to run with it because yeah, Corbs would shoot me if I didn't. But and, um, and by the way, Charlie, neither Ty and I could field this question at all. So no, no, we're glad, you're, we're glad you're running with this run. one. <laughs> Bladesy was good at uh, I work, actually worked with both uh, Bladesy, so the you know the brothers. I worked with okay. both of them, and they were, they were very good. Um, just obviously, they both played both sides, and they had good knowledge and experience, and. Um, a lot of work on mentality and stuff with them. But then with Corbs, um, man, he's uh, he's obsessed with scrums. I would say he watches – he'll go, like, rugby games and just watch the scrums. Like, he doesn't even watch the fun parts as well. You know, no, nah, it's all fun. Scrums are fun parts. Sorry, Corbs. Yeah. They are the fun parts. Yeah. But he um, he's, he's obsessed with rugby and that sort of – the way he approaches rugby, the excitement he has about scrummaging and – and learning and, and watching how different teams scrummage. That's something that I've definitely like tried to grab onto and learn a bit more 
especially from him and from, you know, trying to watch rugby even more in depth about enough, man, honestly, he's got a wealth of knowledge, Corbs. There's not really anyone with a better CV going around than him. And so that's, if, if you've got a bloke like that around, you have to try and soak it up as much as you can. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the strength of the MLR right now is being able to have the ability to attract people like that because, yes, it's a young league, but you can see everybody who's coming is incredibly optimistic of where rugby is going in America. And we need that type of experience. We need that type of guidance. And guys like that are great uh, additions to any side in, 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 in uh, the U.S., but in particular, yeah, the Miltinis, right? Uh, and you touched yeah. on a couple of points about being able to watch some rugby and observe that 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 stuff there. We're going to dive into that with the next question lined up here. So run, pass, or kick. You have begun to organize front row specific camps uh, in the LA area, right? So yeah. you, you're doing your part now to be able to give a little bit more guidance to the next generation, which yeah. is kind of why we're diving into this. So with that yeah. lining up this next question, when coaching an ins- aspiring prop like yourself, what are the three most critical things to get right in your opinion? Oh, I'm going to have to run again. And the three things to get right. Uh, okay. For, for me, when I do my clinics, there's probably a few things that I touch on, but the first thing I'd say is mentality. Scrummaging. A lot of it's just mentality. Like, that's you just got to sort of we always do that when i do a, a clinic or i go out and help coaching scrummaging is rough like you you'll finish a game no matter when when you're younger or you're older you finish a game and you're going to be sore especially yeah. a big scrum day and you just and i always tell the kids uh, when i talk about mentality and especially here in the states because maybe you're going to have to play games 80 minutes but i always tell them your coach your backs and everyone they actually don't really care if you're sore or you're tired or they, they actually don't. If you have a scrum on the first minute and you destroy the other opposition, they expect the same thing at the 80th minute. Games right. are one yeah. of them. Games you did it before, do it again. Time. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they might say they love you after the game, but in the game, they don't care and they want to win. And so mm. like uh, uh, the number one thing I talk about is like try and get your mentality right in terms of scrummaging just – push through and be, be mentally tough. They're always going to be hard. And then, right. and then set up, always work on your setup wherever you can try and get some reps in, whether you're tired, head, loose head hooker, like always just try to get reps in when they, when you're tired and when you don't want to do it, if you've done 10,000 setups, then, then it's comfortable. You'll get into your space easy. Well, as easy as you can, you know, and then, after that, just just always just breathe through it. My third one, just breathe through it and focus. Focus, communicate with your hooker, with your tight head, with your loose head, your locks. You know, you, you'll... Right. That's so you important. You can always manage things in on tune the with everybody around you, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, you, you maybe have a hooker that's really tall. You may have one that's short. You know, right. you might have... Yeah, locks are a bit different. And it's crazy. Rugby's for... People locks are a bit different. So, Rob, Rob, Rob yeah. is a bit different. He's a lock. He's a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, you got never know if they're locks. They're all a bit different. But yeah, I think that's 
definitely the yeah. first two. It's yeah, good advice, the... you know. And, and like you say, you know, all of those things uh, put to good use is really when you're like, you know, everything comes together and you're constantly in pursuit. But, you know, it, it's not just one thing that makes it work. It's the culmination of all yeah, these little yeah, bits yeah. and pieces, right? Yeah, definitely. Like... <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting. I, and, and I want to reiterate, because I think for an aspiring prop, they they need to remember these three pieces, right? It's a mentality, the setup, breathing, focus, and communication are all packaged together there in the third piece. And I love those because it's something that unless you're in the front row, you don't necessarily understand the importance of these. Um, although I got to tell you, as a guy who played a lot of second row, I always communicated to my uh, prop in front of me, my guy, Chris Cobb, big shout out to the Cobber. He and I were always talking about where he wanted my hand placed, where he wanted my shoulder placed so that he could feel comfortable and get things yeah. right in his setup. So uh, I love um, all that you said there. I'm going to, I'm going to back up and I, um, I want to talk about one question here before we uh, zoom out of our, you know, regular package here. That's uh, uh, that, that, that's tied into to the uh, rugby network uh, part of the show. Our, our partner, Scott, the big guy Ferrar, was a, a former prop as a young guy. And he's often spoke about um, while subbing players, the fact that a prop should be able to hook in a pinch. We've seen yellow cards or red cards after, you know, perhaps the guy that started, um, you know, suffered an HIA. And now all of a sudden we've got a guy going off and we have to, you know, guys playing out of position. So I, I'm really interested in this question, Charlie. Run, pass, or kick, how challenging is it for an MLR prop to play hooker or even a uh, tight head have to play loose head or vice versa? Oh, I will run, but I would like to hear you guys' opinions too. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty Do you hard. want our like, opinion first before you run with it? Yeah, go on. Yeah, definitely. You, you go. Okay, we, Ty, we go, go ahead. I think he's counting this, on you. By the way, so we, we were locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go, and then I'll give one too because I, I actually have. All right, yeah. Rob, you go first. Well, I, as you said, um, I think the, the setup's important. So I think your setup and some of the, the mentality is going to be the same. But I think some of the dark arts is going to be a little bit different from tight head to loose head, of course, because with tight head, you're kind of pinched in between the two, whereas loose head, you can kind of do a little bit more with getting that head to the side, getting the head in the temple. As a wrestling coach, that's what I always teach guys to do in that combat situation. Put the forehead in the temple and send a message to your opposition. And that helps with the mentality, right? If you can do that consistently, scrum in and scrum out, right? You can gain a mental edge over your opposite. I think that's easier to do in the loose head position. And this is speaking from somebody who's never, ever played there, right? (laughs) Whereas whereas a hooker, you know, again, I think it's probably easier to transition from tight head to hooker, probably not so much from loose head to hooker, again, because of head position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what I would have said, though, too, in the positions uh, I'm being transferable, you know, from tight head to hooker. But I guess it really starts with the expectations, though, too. You know, if, if as a team, you're, you know, if the expectation is that you need to be able to play both, that you need to be able to have a second for every single role, you know, on the field, you know, in the events, if you sit down and you go through all the different scenarios as a team, and one of those scenarios is that you have to be able to be a hooker, then yeah, yeah if the expectation is set, great, cool. But, you know, not, not every team is thinking about those eventualities. Not every team trains that way. Um, so I'm interested to be able to hear not only what you think, but how do you, has this been brought up with the Giltinis? Right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll throw it back at you. 
Well, uh, for me, like individually, I I feel comfortable scrummaging all three. Yeah. I played I played hooker. Uh, weird, so crazy you played hooker I, though in the shoot field uh, shoot cup, didn't you? So in the shoot shield final, I started at tight end yeah. and finished the game at hooker. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. Mahe Vailanu broke his hand, and so right, it was a kind of similar there. scenario to what we we're talking yeah. about happened right there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was like, but weirdly enough, like I played. So Leslie Macon is in our team. Yeah. Right now, the guillotine is me and him went to high school together. We played first. Oh, I didn't together. realize it was that far back. Yeah, and he played tight end, and I played hooker then. All the ah. way back high school. So I feel comfortable scrummaging across all three. Don't ask me about my front lineouts because that would not be the best. But <laughs> but I, I do think like if you're if you're like especially in the states if you're a young kid that's a bit of a big lad that thinks maybe you want to play in the front row I would say try get as many reps as you can. Mm-hmm. Like t- I think at a pinch, a tight end can cover hooker loose head. It's probably a little bit harder for, <clears throat> and I think a loose head could probably cover tight end but i do think like it probably yeah i do think yeah. it's they sh- everyone should probably get another so you're saying the tight end is actually like, most versatile front rower or just the the tight end has to it'd be it's similar head positioning right. for hooker and then loose mm-hmm. head position just, yeah yeah i gotcha loose said he would just honestly just so the second half of my question Sorry, sorry to jump yeah. in there. I was kind of curious go. if you've had these conversations at the Giltinis, like in the event this happens, has that been discussed? Yeah, yeah. I've had those with, with Coils. So I played like against Utah, I started at tight end and moved to loose head. Um, mm-hmm. And then our Dallas game, when we landed, um, Corey Thomas hurt his knee. And so our backup hooker, he can cover back row. So okay. it was a weird. It was going to be a weird situation if if someone else went injured or one was on at back row that I would have to move to hooker, and on the Dallas game, it didn't happen. We just forced Lindsay to go eighty minutes. So <laughs> like you said, I just don't care. We want the win. We saw you do it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, that's what? like I have those. Uh, we have those options there. Like right, like Les Les plays both sides for us as well. Yeah, and AT, Andrew Tuala, he plays hooker and loose head. Joe Tafatea plays hooker and tight head. So, what's, if, what's kind of interesting about the Giltinis that might be more so than any other team in the league is the versatility. I mean, if right. we look at the LA team, like Luke White has played prop, but he's played a lot of second row here in the, here yeah. in the U.S., right? Yeah. Dave Dennis has moved to the back row quite a bit if he needs to. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Harrison Goddard, you know, a guy that you, is playing scrum half, and he's one of my favorite scrum halves to watch, i got to be honest with you, has played quite a bit of 10 this season, right, with yeah. Luke Cardi being injured and Gets being out. Um, yeah. So the, the, the amount of versatility that your team has shown throughout this 2022 campaign has been incredible, i got to tell you. Uh, honestly, uh, there's a lot of – a lot of love for some of the lads that had to move out of positions they're not particularly comfortable with. But I guess it's just if if you just trust that you've done enough work throughout the week and then and then stick to the basics in the game day. Probably probably hasn't been uh Hoylesy's ideal situations, but right. we've managed to get the get the wins uh, 
but that's kind of right. all, all, all that matters really. Right? I like yeah. it. I like it. It's 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 hard for some lads like man. You just gotta you just get chucked in the deep end and sink or swim. But <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you figure it out. The closest I've come to the front row is I was a hooker and sevens, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> no, 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 I can't count it. Sorry, mate. You can't count it? No. <laughs> no you, you can't ah. come to front row at dinner. Sorry. No, yeah. no. I can't, can't hang out with the front row at the bar then. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. So, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. And again, I wanted to be able to remind our fans that we've been spending this time with Charlie from the LA Guiltinis. He is, of course, a wonderful player uh, for MLR, a recent addition in more uh, recent seasons. He's, I'm sure, going to make this a happy home. He's already bringing the rest of his family over, so he's committed to the whole <laughs> US rugby thing, right? His mom came yeah. before his game. That's real. It happened. Mom, yeah. look, I got rugby here. So I like it. I like Growing it. crops one generation at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, Charlie, what we're going to do is at this time is we're going to take a quick break. And I want to, before we head out, remind our viewers at home that you can continue to catch the remainder of our time here with Charlie by following us on the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on our new home at patreon.com for all the additional rants and all the additional content here on this run, pass, or kick interview and many more just like it. So for the time being, I want to be able to thank all our viewers on behalf of myself and, of course, Rob Hammerschmidt and Scott Ferrara, the hosts of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And more importantly, on Charlie Abel's behalf, too. Thank you for watching, and we will catch you at the next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.